Welcome back to TigerCast. This is our first episode, and today we will be talking about Warriors Don't Cry and powerful quotes throughout the book. I'm Harrison. I'm Hunter. And let's get going. Our first quote is on page three, and it reads, Black folks aren't born expecting segregation, prepared from day one to follow its confining rules. Nobody presents you with a handbook when you're teething and says, here's how you must behave as a second-class citizen. Instead, the humiliating expectations and traditions of segregation creep over you, slowly stealing a teaspoon of your self-esteem each day. I thought this quote truly shows how bad segregation was because it's not like a thing that people came up with. It's been passed down from years and generations and generations. Um, from slavery, and it's almost like another form. Obviously not as bad, but it just continues to prove how bad segregation was and how it didn't make any sense. Totally. I 100% agree. Um, so our second quote um, comes on um, page 25, and it says, um, She seemed very calm and brave considering the caravans of segregationists said to be driving past her house, tossing firebombs and rocks, through her windows. Um, I think it was just crazy that um this was a reality. Um you know, people that's like ridiculous um, you know, hardcore racists in the um southern United States really went to extreme um extents to keep um their segregation intact. Um and so they went and they want to, especially the KKK, went through any means necessary to keep that happen. Uh, happen. Yeah, I think it's crazy. Yeah, that could be the norm for someone. And they're saying she was calm while that was happening. I just think that's unbelievable. Um, our third quote is on page 44. It reads, you're a warrior on the battlefield for your Lord. God's warriors don't cry because they, they trust that he's always by their side. Um, this quote just shows how religion played such a big role in Melba's life. She, it was passed down from her grandma to her, and I think whenever she was in trouble or nervous or sad about something at school, she would write letters to God, and it just kept them by her side, and she always had somebody to turn to if she was in trouble or just needed to talk about problems at school, especially with the integration and how that all went down. Yeah, it's really interesting to see um how Melba really um played a role with her faith and even though if all the acts were against her, she always knew that she still had her um faith with her the whole time. Um her fourth quote comes from on page fifty eight and it says Today is the first time in my life I felt equal to white people. I want more of that feeling. I'll do whatever I have to do to keep that feeling equal all the time. Um, this is a really empowering quote in my opinion. Um this is when the, the civil rights movement really, like, not necessarily started, but really, like, took extreme movement. Um, for a person of color to say what it felt like to be equal, now that they had that feeling, they never want it back. And I feel like it's, I don't know how to say this, it's, like, I guess motivation to know, like, what they should be experiencing. Not only do I think it's that, though, it also gives you the perspective of, um, 
it's how awful it is. For the first time in her life that she felt equal to a white person, it should have been not the first time. That should have been every time. And I think that's very important um, to highlight here, but also to use a sense of um, motivation. Yeah, I agree with what Hunter was saying. And just the fact that really what the civil rights movement was backed up by was what it was like to be equal. And I think once Melba got a feeling of that, that showed that she was willing to push the limits to become an equal because how good that feeling was to not be not have the deck stacked against you. All right, our next quote is on page 75. It reads, Are you going to let this N-word and then C-word sit in our class? A boy shouted as he glared at me. I waited for the teacher to say or do something. I just couldn't believe that this kid was harassing other people in class, and he wasn't even getting in trouble for it. He was yelling curse words at her of the worst, I mean the worst possible words to yell at someone, and just nobody was speaking up. Also, I think this is horrible on the teacher's part. She should be the one shutting that down, sending him to the principal's office, but she just sat there and did not get involved at all. Yeah, totally, no. In life, teachers are usually people that you expect to um, stand up for your mouth outside your family, but here, teacher just turned a blind eye. Um, Our next quote, I believe, is arguably one of the most important quotes in the entire book. It's on page 113, and it says, It's never too late. It takes a word to fight a battle and survive. This here is a battle if I've ever seen one. Um, the theme of this book, coming from the name, is Warriors Don't Cry. Um, I think the book really highlighted how not only this is an important step, but it was really the fight for segregation. Um, from Melba's perspective, you know, they had to fight for their rights. And it was a very important thing to take pride in that. Um, this quote expresses, you know, how much of a war the civil rights movement was between segregationists and anti-segregationists. Maybe not one like the Civil War with um, guns and muskets, one with their words and one with their actions. Um, and yeah, once again, everyone was willing to put their life on the line, just like an actual war, even though no physical territory was gained. Yeah, no doubt. And I think the fact that for in this battle between segregationists and anti-segregationists, the segregationists and the white people, they were allowed to hit everybody else. They were allowed to hit the anti-segregationists fighting for their civil rights. But if they fought back, it was they were falling under the stereotype and it would just ruin the entire um, their movement. But our next quote is on page 155. It reads, no matter what it took, I wanted to pretend life was normal again. I wanted the feeling of Christmas before integration. So I thought that this quote was really sad, and it showed that even though Melba got what she wanted, she wanted to be integrated into a white school system, and she was integrated, but she was treated so poorly that she just wanted to go back to normal. So even though she's pushing for this goal and it's working how bad she's been treated has caused her to lose faith in that and just want to go back to normal because she's being harassed and being hurt and being scarred for life really with how she's being treated by these people yeah 100%, i 100 percent agree harrison and i think that um quote also perfectly transitions into the next quote on page 160 um i said no i whispered aloud I do wish I were dead. Then all the pain and hurt would be over. 
Melba really um trying to signify that um she would never cry. She was always gonna come with like a straight face and try to fight the battle head on. But even though externally she might seem like everything was perfectly fine most of the time, internally she was really um feeling the effect of just wanting to be having a normal life again. Um, this quote was sad to hear because she was just scared of all the racist kids and she would rather have all her pain and suffering be over with. Um, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Very similar to the other quote. All right, here is our ninth quote. It's on page 182. It says, hey, I'm not going to stay in detention hall every morning for a week just for a little inward beating pleasure. I heard Link say as he passed close by me. I thought this was really, this was a turning point in the book because Link showed that he was an ally, he was a friend, but here it was very contradictory because now he's falling under that racist stereotype that we believe that each and every of these white people are, which 98% of them were. So I think for Melba that was really bad, but as we know, Link was doing that according to him, to be able to fit in with them and bring news to Melba. But I thought that that was a very crazy part of the book. Really showed some true colors, to be honest, even if it wasn't, even if he was just doing it to fit in. Yeah, I agree, Harrison. That was a very um, point. Our um, tenth and final quote is um, the final word in the book. And the quote is on page 222. Namaste, the God in me sees and honors the God in you. In um, various different Indian languages, Namaste means I bow to you. It's supposed to um, talk about this divine spark, like the God in every human being. So when a person bows down, he's um, recognizing that the divine spark with him is also in every person around him. Melba has suffered through so much anger and hatred the prayer with which he closes the story of struggle and hatred is profoundly a respectable one. Um, for Melba, you know, her prayer really um, highlights the trauma that she's gone through throughout not only her schooling now, but um, her schooling throughout the future. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it's an incredible way to wrap it up, and it kind of says that she's at peace with what has happened, and... Yeah, that was our final quote. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Tiger Cast, and we hope to make another episode soon. Bye bye. Bye bye.